Welcome to the Week 7 edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I'm joined, as usual, by uh, Spencer Turkin. Spencer, good to have you uh, back with us this week once again. And uh, we're going to start out talking not so much about games coming up, but uh, two huge games from this past Friday night and how they shook up the rankings. That would be uh, Page's win over our previous number one team, East Forsyth, and Dudley's convincing victory at Richmond County. Uh, what did you make of those two games, Spencer? Uh, I mean, of the Dudley-Richmond County game, that Dudley is for sure the number one team in the state of North Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hands down. They are uh, they are the kings of the state at this moment. Uh, we'll see if that continues, but uh, but for right now, they are they are undoubtedly the number one team. Uh, as far as the Page East Forsyth game, uh, look, it's always a treat when those two teams get together, especially over the last five six years. Uh, Kevin Gillespie and Todd Willard have done a fantastic job with their programs. Uh, Marion Kirby Stadium is not an easy place to play. And uh, and that's why I say that Dudley for right now is the number one team in the state because they have to go over to Marion Kirby Stadium on October 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a matchup of two Shrine Bowl quarterbacks going at it. Both teams with two members of their squads making the Shrine Bowl roster. Um, uh, really just a tremendous, tremendous uh, accomplishment for, for those two programs. Um, and I, at this moment, I'll, I'll also take a couple seconds to uh, go ahead and congratulate the eight members in our coverage area uh, that have made the Shrine Bowl rosters. Uh, Thomas Hennigan, Braylon Faison-Walden, Dakery, uh, uh, Hendon, uh, Will Jones, Javon Leake, uh uh, Madison Cohn and Christian Beal, uh, just tremendous, tremendous ball players, and, and uh, just a hats off to those guys. Yeah, that's a huge honor. I don't think people realize who who aren't who aren't huge high school football fans or aren't around these programs, what an honor it is to be chosen to represent your state in the Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas down there in uh, Spartanburg in December. Uh, it's, a, it's a great week for the kids. They get to do a lot in the community down there, working with the Shriners and other things down there. Just just a great a great week for them, a great honor. And uh, pa- you mentioned page coach Kevin Gillespie. He's on the North Carolina staff for that game also. A, an honor for him also. But yeah, that, you know, th- that many kids in that game speaks to the quality of the senior class that we've been talking about for a couple of years now here in in the triad, you know, how good they are and how they stack up with the rest of the state. You know, getting back to those two huge games, I was at the Dudley-Richmond County game, and Richmond County was a little bit banged up. I talked to a couple people down there before the game, and, and they were not confident going into that game because of a few injuries, but Dudley's defense just came out and dominated that game from, from, from the start. You know, 118 yards for the game by Richmond County uh, speaks to the, the the preparation Dudley had put in and how aggressive and determined they were in that game. You know, they did not let Richmond County do anything that they wanted to do. And, you know, the tone was set on the opening play of the game, the, the – uh, Richmond County kickoff team kicking off to Dudley to start the game was slow getting out on the field and just kind of meandering around. And they picked up a uh, delay of game penalty. And I'm standing on the Dudley sideline, and I'm saying to some of the Dudley Dudley people and some of the Dudley assistant coaches, we're saying to their players, watch out, they're going to onside kick. That's what this is all about. That's why they're delaying. And sure enough, that's what they did. And 
Dudley recovers it, advances it to the Richmond County 38-yard line, scores five plays later, and that that was it. The only two touchdowns for Richmond County were a pick six thrown by Hendon Hooker where he got into a little bit of trouble. They got behind the chains with a couple of penalties, and then he forced a ball when he was under pressure, and the first thing he did when he got up was point at himself. That was on me, and he understood it, and the coaches understood it. And after Dudley went up 34-7, to they have had a little bit of trouble on special teams at times this year. They give up an 81-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. And, you know, th- those are those are things that they're going to need to clean up before they play Page. Uh, Page has Javon Leak and some other people back there on kick returns who can be very dangerous. They can't afford to give up big yardage and field position or points on kickoff or punt returns. And Page's defense will bring some pressure. They, they're a team that, that could put Hendon Hooker under, under a little bit of pressure. But... To your original point, Dudley, number one, yeah, right now in 4A, you know, people are going to say, well, Mallard Creek's loss was to a team in South Carolina. Mallard Creek is good. We know how good they are. They're not going to play Dudley in the playoffs, for one thing. They are 4AA. Dudley is 4A. But this Dudley team is just playing playing Friday night for the first 21 minutes of that game it was Dudley football no turnovers no penalties no mistakes and they showed what they can be I think we're going to see more of that as the season goes on they're a clear number one team for us Paige with that great win over East Forsyth jumped up to number two and that's going to bring us to this week, our number three team, Reedsville. At 5-0, and after a week off, the Rams are going to number seven, Northwest Guilford. That's our, our marquee game in a very light week in terms of the schedule. Only ten games involving area teams. And I know you like Reedsville in this one, Spencer, and I'm picking Northwest Guilford. What do you like about Reedsville in this one? Uh, it's one of those things where it's not as much liking Reedsville, and that's not to take away from Jimmy Teague's ball club. Jimmy Teague right. is obviously one of the best coaches in the area and runs one of the real historic programs I mean, the football capital of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one of those things where every time you, you think Northwest is going to win a convincing game or, or you need them to come up in the clutch for you, something happens. And and I, I need them to show me this week that that they can get over that hump. And until then, I can't take them in this game, and that's exactly why I'm going with Reedsville. Yeah, I hear you. I, I'm looking at Northwest Guilford to win this one, and one of the reasons why is a player who uh, we don't think of necessarily as one of their big weapons, uh, Zach Tyler, very, very good linebacker for them. Opener this year, they knew they weren't going to have Thomas Hennigan. They knew they weren't going to have Kyle Finney. They knew they weren't going to have Trey Turner, injuries, illness. Zach Tyler comes in and runs for over 100 yards and has a key, a key game for them as they roll Smith last week without Thomas Hennigan. He steps up again. Tyler has another big game, over 100 yards, three touchdowns. I think with time to prepare for not having Thomas Hennigan, I think I think Northwest is is good enough to beat Reedsville. You know, th- this is a great test for Reedsville. This is the last challenge that Reedsville is going to have before the playoffs. The Mid-State 2A conference that they are in is to down to put it mildly. The other five teams in that conference going into this week's game are a combined four and twenty-four. So Reedsville is not going to have a lot of tests the rest of the way. This is their last uh, chance to to kind of show what they have and, and challenge themselves before the playoffs. And at Reedsville, it's all about winning state championships. So we'll, we'll see this week whether this Reedsville team 
a 2A school playing a 4A school, which is, is a challenge, whether this Reedsville team will go into the playoffs probably unbeaten or whether Northwest Guilford can, can step it up and make that kind of statement win heading into their conference schedule. Their conference is a heck of a lot tougher. Piedmont Triad 4A, you've got East Forsyth, you've got Northwest Guilford, you've got Glenn, you've got a 6-0 Southwest Guilford team. High Point Central is not a bad football team. And that That's a league where uh, this is the kind of game that Northwest needs for confidence. They need it to, to get some momentum going into the conference. And we still don't know when or if Thomas Hennigan is going to be back this season. Initial hopes were that he might be back uh, against Glenn on October 21st, but we're still not sure of that by any stretch. Uh, and one thing for anyone listening, the two key games last week, uh, I got both of those wrong. So you may want to listen to Spencer a little bit more than you listen to me on those. So, so. But I got to tell you, I only have a game and a half lead for the whole season, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I got the other games right last week, all 11, but the two that mattered the most were the ones I got wrong. So that, that tells you how much I know. A couple of other games we want to hit on very quickly. Number eight, South East Guilford is at Ragsdale this week. Another matchup of two teams that already have had a week off and are getting ready for conference play. Southeast Guilford, uh, other than other than playing well for the first few minutes, really struggled last week at Southwest Guilford. Southwest Guilford made a statement with that win over them, and uh, this is a game that Southeast Guilford really just needs to take care of business against Ragsdale. Ragsdale uh, has really struggled one and four this season. They they were down a bit last year. They still have a very good running back in Jarius Drayton. Uh, I a talented, although inconsistent, quarterback in Eric Williams. Uh, this is a game that, that if Ragsdale doesn't win this one, it's going to get tough. They were the one team I didn't mention talking about the Piedmont Triad 4A. Uh, they, they're heading into that meat grinder after this game. Uh, what do you see in this one, Spencer? Uh, I got to tell you, I see Southeast with ball control for most of the time, and I, I hate it for, for Tommy Norwood. I mean, this is a guy who, uh, who coached at Southeast for a while and really got that program, uh, you know, doing doing its thing. And it's just, it's sad, really, it, for lack of a better term, to see what, what is going on over at Ragsdale, the, the program that was proud and, and really uh, tried to do it the right way. And just right now, it's one of those things that's cyclical and things just are not going well over there. Um, and uh, it, this is going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, they've lost a lot. Ragsdale's lost a lot of student athletes to transfers. That a number of kids uh, headed to High Point Christian or Wesleyan to play basketball. Some of them were starters in football. You know, they, they've lost a lot of a lot of kids in the last few years. And you know, uh, you mentioned Tommy Norwood. He did he, he did not suddenly forget how to coach football. He's one of the most respected coaches in the area, and it, it's it's frustrating for him to see his team. Uh, not perform at the level that, that Ragsdale football has been accustomed to with guys like Tony Baker and Emmanuel Byers and some of the, the great players that came through there not that long ago. And this is a game that Southeast also really needs to win. You know, they're, they're still looking at playing Page and Dudley in their conference. The rest of their conference are probably games that they're capable of winning, although the Southeast Guilford Grimsley game this year should be a very good one. Grimsley's given them trouble the last few years when Grimsley was really down and struggling and Southeast was good, so uh, that that's going to be a, a key game for Southeast. But uh, again, you know, I, I see exactly what you're, you're talking about in that game. Southeast controlling the ball, uh, wearing down Ragsdale, and just kind of imposing their will on them. Another game I want to talk about is 
number nine team in our poll, unbeaten. High Point Christian, 4-0. They are going to Randleman this week. Randleman's 4-1, only losses to Ashboro. Uh, this is a big game for High Point Christian. This is the only public school that was willing to play them this year, the only public school on their schedule. And this is really the last test High Point Christian is going to have, kind of like Reedsville before they head into the playoffs. High Point Christian is the defending champion in uh, NCISAA Division Three. Uh, the only team that, that uh, beat them last year was Raleigh Ravenscroft. They've already taken care of them. And you know, this is a chance for High Point Christian to, to say, you know, we may be a private school. We may not have the numbers that some of the other schools in the area have, but, but we're a good football team. And, you know, they want challenges. And, and this will definitely be one for them, I think. Uh, it certainly will. And, and I spoke to a couple people. This is going to be a tough game uh, for High Point Christian. I, I just, uh, I'm kind of on the fence about it. As of this moment, I, I do have High Point Christian winning, but. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Joe. I might change my pick before the game. Yeah, I hear you. You know the thing. The thing with High Point Christian is they've got talent. They just don't have depth. They don't have numbers. Only maybe 24, 25 kids on the roster. A lot of people who go both ways. When they're in a, when if they get into a game where they have to grind it out in the fourth quarter, that's where that depth issue may catch up with them. And this this might be the game with Randleman. On the other hand, if High Point Christian can take care of business in this game. Uh, you know they're they're probably headed back to another another uh, private school state championship. You know, you know the only team that uh, might stand in their way is Wake Christian, and that was a team they were supposed to play earlier in this year, and it rained on a Friday night. And Wake Christian, it was Labor Day weekend, said they couldn't play on Monday, and they canceled the game. So High Point Christian's only going to play a nine-game uh, regular season schedule because of that. But uh, this is this is a real test for them, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Last game I want to talk to very talk about very briefly. Smith Golden Eagles at the Andrews Red Raiders. Two teams with losing records, but uh, this is a Smith team that uh, is two and three. If they can get a win here and get to 500, playing all road games this season, they're doing renovation work at uh, Claude Manzi Stadium, no home games. To get to three and three with the schedule that they've played, if they can pull that out this week at Andrews, would be a big step in Brandon Wiggins' first season as the head coach. I mean, the, the Golden Eagles are still a little ragged at times, a little rough around the edges, but a, a an improved football team, an aggressive football team, team, a team that, that even in losses will go down trying anything to win, obviously within the rules. I'm not saying they're, they're dirty or anything like that, but they're physical, they're fast, and they're going to give Andrews a challenge, and Andrews is coming off of a very tough loss to High Point Central, uh, a two-point game. Uh, a game that meant an awful lot to Andrews coach John Patterson, an alumnus. He knows how much that rivalry means. This, this is a chance for one of these two teams, Smith or Andrews, to maybe gain a little momentum with a new coach, a first-year coach, going forward the rest of the season, and not just this season, but next season. And this is the kind of game that you know both of these teams are capable of winning, and one of them is going to come out there with a W and feeling a lot better about themselves and a lot better about the direction of the program. Uh, for sure, and, you know, uh, Simeon Stadium is not an easy place to go play. It's a little intimidating, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's why I'm taking the Red Raiders at home. Yep, I hear you. That's it for this week's HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. You can uh, find 
all of your high school sports news in the area at hsextra.com, our website, every day, and in the print edition of the News and Record. And on Friday nights, we will have scores and recaps of games, as well as photo galleries from our photo staff. And you can follow myself and Spencer Turkin on Twitter for updates throughout the week and during games. My Twitter handle is at NR, And for Spencer, it's... Turkin 35, and actually, Joe, before we sign off, uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, it, going back to the big game that we mentioned on October 28th uh, between Cage and Dudley over at Cage, mm-hmm. uh, that you and I will be working on dueling features uh, for our two Shrine Bowl quarterbacks that are headed to Spartanburg. Uh, you'll be featuring Will Jones, who uh, is a Western Carolina commit at this moment, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I will be sitting down with Hendon Hooker and uh, and profiling him and uh, and what the future Hokie uh, has to say. Yeah, that's going to be a great game and two good stories to look forward to and and maybe a little bit of uh, video on those young men too. Thank you. Of course. Thanks again for listening.